Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Will, we got back on track last night following a huge win at Kincaid. Yes, Liam, and uh, how about that volleyball block I put down in the first quarter? Man, that was quite a block. Alright, boys and girls, back with me today is the man who recently has been the second man off the bench for the perennial SBC Championship Basketball Contender, Episcopal Knights, Mr. Will Arntzen. Oh, come on. There you go. There you go. On today's episode, the Titans pull off two huge upsets, the Saints may have gotten hosed again, and did Cleveland make the right choice? We begin today with all that has unfolded from the side-scaling scandal this week. The MLB handed a $5 million fine to the Astros, stripped them of four draft picks, and gave A.J. Hinch and Jeff Blunow one-year bans, both of whom were fired after the punishments were announced. The Red Sox also fired Alex Cora, who played a part for the Astros cheating in 2017, this punishment is still pending as the MLB's investigation into the Red Sox is still ongoing. Carlos Beltran, who is also a key colleague in Houston, is now done as manager of the Mets after a couple months at most. Well, this will go on for a while, I mean this topic. So I'll start by saying, what's your whole take on these events? Um, well, there are a couple of things that stand out to me. One, just... Do we really know how how long this has been going on? Like they say, twenty seventeen, but it to me seems like it could have been going on before that and the past two seasons too, which is very concerning. And if they find out that that could be true, could lead to even further punishment. And I'm also, even though I'm an Astros fan, I'm very surprised that the players have received no punishment and. If I were a fan of another team, I would actually be kind of outraged by that. I feel like the players, there's no way they couldn't have known about what was going on. It was obvious that they were part of the whole thing. So I feel like they should have received some sort of punishment too. So I am going to say say this. So I don't know if you saw an article today, but apparently the White Sox had a sign-stealing method in the late 80s and... So it's gone back even further than 2017 with the whole Apple Watches thing. So, and my big take on this is, and it's been out there in the past, but now it's been confirmed to me, it's that baseball is nothing but a cheating sport. It is. You're going to have players that steal signs. You're going to have players that use steroids. It, it is what it is. I don't, I don't remember which MLB player said it, but, oh, it was Trevor Bauer. He said that 10% of MLB players are on PEDs. Believe me when I say that I'm not surprised at all to hear that from A, because it's Trevor Bauer. B, because I I think it's true. I do. I really think that a certain, a large portion of MLB's players use steroids and that science feeling is going on within all 30 organizations. I truly believe that. Also, I'm just going to put it out there that I don't think Loonhouse should have been fired because he very adamant about the fact that uh, he had no idea about what was going on and I mean it's reasonable to believe that there's no way that he could have known because he's not on the field with the team and there's really no evidence that he did anything so I feel like that was way too strict. Of a I mean, you make a good out. point but that being said we don't know if Luna was telling the truth or not. We never do exactly. know. But you're innocent till proven guilty. Oh that that's how you're playing it. Huh. Okay, that is um, a okay. I will say that is something you would do, innocent until proven guilty. 
Well, I must say, I had never thought that this would become this big of a deal. Oh, neither did I. The Buffalo Bills had a 16-0 lead on the Texans, only to see it wipe away and turn into a 22-19 overtime loss. However, Josh Allen and the Bills showed signs of a very bright future this year as they came very close to winning in Houston and made it to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Uh, Liam, should we expect the Bills in the playoffs every year for the next few years? Well, that's actually, that's actually false. They made the playoffs two years ago with Tyrod Taylor but lost in the division round. Then... Oh. Well, most most years they have not made it and they've had yeah. a very unsuccessful yeah. and past. If the Patriots cannot fix their offense soon... We could see the Bills become the perennial division winner. We could. They have an outstanding defense and an outstanding young core with Josh Allen. As he, he'll continue to develop chemistry with guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley. They are a very, very good team. Oh, and uh, did I forget, Singletary, that kid is cold at the running back position. So, don't be surprised that the Bills are in the playoffs every year for a while. I think... If, John, if Josh Allen can uh, improve his passing skills, then they could be an uh, AFC championship, possibly even a Super Bowl contender. His, uh, he's been uh, he's been pretty inconsistent this year, throwing a lot of interceptions, and they still managed to make the playoffs. So if he can just if he can just uh, complete the ball more, they have a they have a chance to be an outstanding team. Don't get me wrong, Buffalo had a bit of an easy schedule this year, and so I think it'll be interesting to see. How they do against a somewhat tougher schedule next year? Well, I don't even know if they're going to have a tougher schedule next year because their division is terrible. <laughs> well, minus the Patriots. Speaking well, of whom... We'll get to that. Speaking of whom, two weeks ago tonight, the Titans did something no team had done in seven years. Win as a visitor at Gillette Stadium in the playoffs. Derrick Henry accounted for 74% of the Titans' offense. The Patriots' offense stunk, as per usual this year, in their 2013 defeat. However, Tom Brady, who threw a pick six on the final play from scrimmage, has said he plans on playing in the 2020 season. Will, do you believe that the dynasty that is the New England Patriots is over? Yes, and I'm very, very, very happy to say that, because it's kind of like the Warriors in basketball. It's been annoying to see them make the Super Bowl so many times over the past decade. But, and not only that, I don't think the Patriots are even going to be a seven-win team next year. Oh. <laughs> now, well, okay, that's that's disrespectful right there. That well, is disrespectful. One, some of their wins this year, they only got it because their defense had a really good stretch. And as you could, as we saw, the defense obviously declined towards the end of the year. So when... The defense played average. The team as a whole was subpar. Tom Brady clearly showed decline in his throwing ability with far less deep balls, and uh, his QBR drastically declined. His completion percentage drastically declined, and it's been like that for a couple years now. I don't see Tom Brady being more than an average quarterback next year, and with all the mediocre weapons he has, very few wide receivers that are effective. I don't see how he could do anything magical to get them uh, far into the playoffs next year. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me say this. What if the Patriots go 0-16 next year, have the number one pick, and draft Trevor Lawrence with that? You put Trevor Lawrence with Bill Belichick? Oh, my 
gosh. I mean, the possibilities are endless. And that being said, I think that in addition to finding the heir to the throne, the Patriots need to get some help with the wide receiver position. And I think that if Keel Harry hadn't gotten hurt at the start of the year, maybe he would have had more chemistry with Brady. So I'm not ready to call it over just yet, but they will not have the same amount of offensive firepower they haven't had in the past next year. Well, you, you, you mentioned Bill Belichick with Trevor Lawrence. Bill Belichick's also 67 and probably won't be coaching that many more years before retiring. Okay, we'll put his, we'll make his son, we'll make his, we'll make Steve Belichick head coach. Yeah. Well, he's doing, he did a great job with the secondary last year, Will. I guess. Well, I'm not going to lie. I am not sad the Patriots lost. I don't think you're alone there. A week ago tonight, the Tennessee Titans pulled off a shocker going into Baltimore and pouting the Ravens 28 to 12. The Titans D forced Lamar Jackson into three turnovers, and Derrick Henry was a monster again, just like against the Patriots, as Tennessee is now one win away from the Super Bowl. Liam, Jackson had an outstanding regular season, but couldn't get it done in the playoffs, so will this loss reflect poorly on his season? It's not going to reflect poorly on his regular season. However, it will have a poor reflection on his ability to perform in the clutch. James Harden, we have seen over the past few years, been outstanding in the regular season, but come playoff time, he's a no-go. Lamar Jackson now has that same reputation. And you literally read my mind. I was thinking I was thinking the exact same thing. I was comparing Lamar Jackson to James Harden. I understand Lamar, Lamar Jackson continues to do this, and for the next few years, he will be the James Harden of football. Oh, he absolutely will. Do I think that will happen? No, because he's still very young. James Harden is in his 30s now. However, if if Lamar Jackson leads the Ravens to the one seed again, and they lose in the division round again, troubles are brewing in Baltimore. Yeah, but I mean, he is only—is he twenty-two or twenty-three, something like that? Something like that. Really, you cannot blame him for. He's younger than he's younger. Playoffs. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Burrow. Yeah, exactly. He's. He still had an MVP level season, and he's he did better than any other quarterback ever. In his age in NFL history, there's there's not much you can blame him for. And man, but man, that game was a shocker. Another shocker, the fact that the Texans went up twenty four nothing on the Chiefs in Kansas City, just followed by another shocker. The Chiefs went out to outscore the Texans fifty one seven the remainder of the game, and to a birth to their second straight AFC Championship game. Well, Bill O'Brien has been facing a lot of heat lately, and this is something else. So do you believe O'Brien should get the boot? Well, contrary to the beliefs of almost every Texans fan I've talked to, I do not think Bill O'Brien should get the boot. Um, he even he really the Texans people think they've had all this star power, firepower, but they dealt with injuries with the JJ Watt, Will Fuller throughout other guys throughout the season. They had a below-average offensive line, as you could see in the game against Kansas City when Deshaun Watson barely had any time to throw the ball. And also, their defense, especially their horribly weak pass rush, as you could see against the Chiefs, was also pretty terrible during the year. So I actually got to give props to O'Brien for getting the Texans as far as they did this year. I think what they really need is a competent general manager that won't make stupid trades like getting rid of Clowney. I agree with you. The Texans... I believe that the whole Nick Casario issue from the offseason had a bit of a ha- bit of a hangover effect on the Texans, and 
the Denver Broncos game is a prime example of it. That being said, if the Houston Texans can find a competent general manager, like you said, they can and will win a Super Bowl by the end of the decade. That I guarantee it. I guarantee it, because they have all the talent in the world right now, and if you find a way to add some more, whether it be through the draft, trade, or free agency, they can and will win a Super Bowl. Choke job though. In the Eagles' wild card loss to the uh, Seahawks, a nasty hit from Jadavion Clowney, who I just mentioned, took out Carson Wentz in the first quarter due to a concussion, which has sparked a debate as to whether or not the hit was dirty. I think it was dirty. Uh, the Eagles then had Josh McCown, who's 40 years old, play through a torn hamstring en route to a 17 9 loss. Liam, was the hit on Wentz dirty? And do you believe if the Eagles had Wentz, they would have won? Hit was dirty. Eagles might have won with Carson Wentz. They might have because in the regular season battle with the Seahawks in Philadelphia, nonetheless, Carson Wentz still got nothing done on the offensive side of the ball. That being said, it is the playoffs and those fans were going nuts in Philadelphia and had Josh McCown even had a healthy hamstring they might have won. They might have. And... That don't get me wrong, the Seahawks were outstanding on the road this year, and the Eagles come from the worst division in football. So, I'm not going to say they would have won, but Carson Wentz certainly would have helped. Yeah, I'm not saying it would have been impossible, but I think it would have been highly unlikely. You mentioned that Carson Wentz couldn't do anything against the Seahawks in the regular season. He wasn't doing anything in that game before he got injured either. So I don't. He only had one or two drives, though. He still wasn't, hadn't done, really done anything in those drives, and it looked like it was going to be a stagnant game for the Eagles' offense. Well, so, hey, 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 Patrick Mahomes did nothing the first two drives of the Texas Chiefs game. How'd that end up? Patrick Mahomes is far better than Carson Wentz. Okay. But, no game today because we got so many headlines to talk about. Earlier that day, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings pulled off an overtime victory in New Orleans on a catch by Kyle Rudolph. However, get this. Replay shows potential, not not given, potential offensive pass interference on the play. Will, do you believe, like all the Saints fans do, that they were hosed again? Yes, I believe they were hosed, but not by the offensive pass interference. I believe they were hosed by the awful NFL overtime rules that don't allow both teams to get a chance to score, even when there's a touchdown. I think it's absolutely stupid, because like, Hey, if you're, if, you know, like if you're playing pickup basketball and you shoot for ball, generally if one person makes it, you can try to contest it and by having the next person make it or some sort of scenario like that, like if you're playing any sort of game like that. So I don't understand why the NFL overtime is any different. In college football, if you score a touchdown, the other team still has a chance. I think it's absolutely stupid, and it's even though it's it doesn't just happen, did it just happen to the Saints? I think it is an awful rule that needs to be changed. You have brought that up many times. But to answer the question, no, the Saints were hosed because the coverage was blown on Adam Thielen on that big catch that he made. And I know you hate the rule, but I don't. Because if your defense can't get a stop, you deserve to lose the game. Okay, but, but think about this. The Vikings defense could have also not gotten a stop. Yeah, 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 exactly, but... Still, I mean, what's the old saying? Defense wins championships. 
Yeah, so the Vikings, but the Vikings defense literally had to do nothing there, so that doesn't really apply. Okay, but I'm gonna continue to defend it. If the de- if your defense cannot get a stop, you don't deserve to win the game. Agree to disagree. I guess so. Oh, and I want to bring this up. LSU did, in fact, beat Clemson 42-25 to in the national championship game by another great performance from Joe Burrow. Alright, so Will's having trouble finding it in the script, so I'm going to go ahead and say, regardless, of course, what happened to the Saints of all teams, a potential pass interference on the last play of the game. One day after a loss to the 49ers in the divisional playoffs, Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski was hired as head coach of the Cleveland Browns. However, another key candidate was Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, who shut down Stefanski's offense a day prior. Richard Sherman took to social media to claim his belief that it was the wrong move. Will, do you agree with him? Um, I completely agree with Richard Sherman because, one, I don't... The Cleveland Browns, their their defense is what struggled the most, at least last season and the season before. I feel like if they got an offensive-minded head coach, those problems would not be improved. And if but if they got a defensive-minded head coach, they could they could solve what uh, is is most needed for improvement. So that's why I feel like they should have gotten the 49ers defensive coordinator. So I'm having a hard time deciding here because. Baker Mayfield can't seem to not throw an interception. However, yeah, Robert Sala is clearly Robert Sala is clearly superior in the coaching ranks to Kevin Stefanski. That being said, the 49ers should have hired Sala. They should have. And that defense also has talent, and they'll be getting Miles Garrett back who knows when. It's just, there's so much talent in Cleveland that if Stefanski can't figure it out, who can? I mean, what is this, number 10? Uh, yeah, I think it is something like that. Yeah, something like that. And who knows? The chances are there that it's a catastrophe for again for the Browns, regardless of who they hire. On Sunday night in Green Bay, the referees gave Jimmy Graham a game-sealing first down for the Packers. However, the spot of the ball has been a heated topic over the past week. It has led to debates as to whether or not the Seahawks got hosed. Will, are you among those few who believe they were host? Absolutely not. Wait, wasn't Jimmy Graham very close to the first down line on that play? He was really close. I believe he had the first down. I believe he had the first down, too, because if you looked at the TV, the yellow line, you know how the yellow line is unofficial? Yes, yes. They put on there. The yellow line was actually, if you look, if you zoom in, was half a yard in front of the actual first down chains. So I think... There's absolutely no controversy here, and it was an obvious first down. I agree with you completely, and don't get me wrong. I'm going to make a controversial comment. It was Fox, and as you know, I'm not a big fan of Joe Buck, so I find it ironic that that Fox is the one that did that, and I've got the... uh, Hopefully Fox doesn't hear that if I want a job one day. I've got the... I'm going to be totally honest with you. The Packers won that game. They did. They were the better team in the game, and they deserved to win. And Jimmy Graham got the first down on that play. Green Bay wins. And, I mean, 
even if he didn't get the first down, it still would have been highly unlikely for them to uh, win. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, Aaron Rodgers now goes into an arena he is crushed in. He was crushed in earlier this season in Levi Stadium. The 49ers are seven and a half point favorites, which is very high for an NFC Championship game. And the Chiefs are also seven point favorites over the Titans. Both very large spreads. Uh, Liam, do you believe the spreads should be as large as they are? NFC, yes. AFC, no. First for the NFC. In week 11 or 12, I think it was, when the 49ers were beginning a tough, tough stretch of their schedule, Aaron Rodgers went into into Levi Stadium, barely eclipsed 104 yards passing, and the San Francisco 49ers ran all over the Green Bay Packers in a 37-8 beatdown. That being said, they should absolutely be large favorites to win the game because I know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but if you're telling me that he can find a way to reverse the script by 30 points, then he must be not he must not be human. How, and in the AFC, I'm sorry, didn't the Titans beat the Chiefs this year? Yes, yeah, so did the Texans though. However, I'm a, so the Patriots beat the. Chiefs at Gillette in the regular season last year, then went into Kansas City and beat them in the AFC Championship. Who's to say the same thing won't happen here? And what if the Titans can't stop Derrick Henry? I don't believe they have an elite enough of a pass rusher to be able to bring him down. And I, mean, I don't. The, the, the Chiefs are the 26th ranked rush defense this year, too. I don't think they have an answer for Derrick Henry. They are going to have a field day running the football. Yes, and on your point about the Packers, I've said this all year. The Packers are the most overrated team in uh, in the NFL. They've had a bunch of very close wins and come back, come from behind wins against mediocre teams. Aaron Rodgers and the offense has been up and down this year. I don't see how they could possibly beat the 49ers, so I'm in complete agreement with that differential. Uh, but I can't wait to see if they can pull off an upset, though. Hey, we'll be watching that game together at B-Dubs. After I run the half marathon. And I'll have to eat the hottest wings there. Oh, yeah, 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 because you didn't make the playoffs. For the first time, maybe ever, <laughs> I, have not, I did not make the playoffs in fantasy football. Hey, and I won the podcast league, by the way. First time I've ever won. Congrats. Thank you. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Five years ago today, January 18th, the game that sparked the biggest unnecessary conflict in NFL t- history took place. The Patriots beat the Colts 45-7 in the AFC Championship game. However, it was later discovered that 11 of 12 Patriots footballs in the first half had a lower PSI than the rules regulate, and you all know the rest. Uh, one year ago, on Monday, January 20th, 2019, the most controversial game in NFL history took place, debatably, as the Rams advanced to a Super Bowl on a missed pass interference call. The game sparked several rule changes this year, which has perhaps created even more controversy. I completely agree with that statement. It uh, has hurt more than helped. Oh, so do I. 14 years ago, Wednesday, January 22nd, Kobe dropped 81 points in the game against the Toronto Raptors. As the closest anyone has come to matching Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. Four years ago, Friday, January 24th, the last duel between 
Brady and Peyton Manning took place in Denver. Denver won that game 20-18, advancing to the to Super Bowl 50 and giving Peyton his second Super Bowl win. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got. We'll start with this. Tonight in about an hour on ABC, LeBron and the Lakers visit James Harden and the Rockets. Will, can the Rockets snap out of this cold stretch tonight? Um, well... We gotta see how they play, how the Lakers play James Harden. I think that that'll be a factor in um, the team's performance. Although, even if they double team James Harden, I think the Rockets will come out on fire this game and likely win the game because they've been shooting incredibly coldly for the past three or four games. I, I feel like they they had a little bit of a break. I feel like they'll be back ready to play perhaps the best team in the league and come out shooting. If the Lakers double-team James Harden, that means there will always be an open man shoot a three, so I think that the Rockets have a good chance. Unfortunately, it looks as though Anthony Davis will be playing for the Lakers tonight, which is bad for the Rockets, and that being said, I still think the Rockets are going to win. I think, I personally believe that the Los Angeles Lakers are overrated. That is a very controversial statement, I understand that, but it's what I believe, and the Rockets are going to figure out a way to beat them tonight. Next up, uh, tomorrow's AFC Championship game featuring Derrick Henry and the Titans visiting Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at 205 on CBS. Liam, can the Chiefs pull off, I mean, can the Titans pull off another huge upset? They can. But unfortunately, they won't. I think that there's no way Patrick Mahomes lets his team lose two consecutive AFC Championship games at Arrowhead Stadium. I think that the Chiefs are going to have a very hard time containing Derrick Henry. At the same time, I think that the Titans are going to have a very hard time containing Patrick Mahomes. I think that the Chiefs are going to claim the first berth in the Super Bowl tomorrow. Yeah, I could actually see the Chiefs winning by three scores, even with Derrick Henry running for 200-plus yards this game. That's my prediction. Because, one, Patrick Mahomes is just immensely better than Ryan Tannehill. So even with the Derrick Henry's uh, running, the Chiefs' offense will probably be more prolific this game. And, I mean... Can you really see Ryan Tannehill being clutch enough to win an AFC Championship? Man, wouldn't that be something? That would. Hey, yeah, I'm. I, hey, I, tighten up, baby. I'm rooting for the Titans tomorrow. Tighten up, baby. So am I. Even that. Uh, yeah, I am going to root for the Titans. Last that, one, that one was hard since they're in the AFC South, but the Texans just lost to the Chiefs, so I'm still a little salty about that one. <laughs> Last one. The NFC Championship game tomorrow features Aaron Rodgers and the Packers visiting Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers at 540 on Fox. Will, as we mentioned earlier, the Packers got crushed in San Francisco earlier this year. Any chance they can turn the tables? Nope, as we mentioned earlier. Absolutely no chance. It would be cool to see, but there, there is no way that the Packers score more than 20-something points on that defense, and I can see the 49ers matching or beating the score every time. I agree with you completely. I think that the 49ers are going to win. I think that their defense is going to be too good. I think that for the fourth straight year, a quarterback that has come out of the Patriots system will be in the Super Bowl. Remember where Jimmy Garoppolo came from, guys. Remember where Jimmy Garoppolo came from when you watch this game tomorrow. Now, don't you just wish they still had him, though? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I do.
Well, maybe you'll get Trevor Lawrence, like you said. Well, that's all we have for today, and I'm Will Arnson. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Will for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.